1: Springboard a university. My name is Albert Okran, matriculating into Ghana's foremost developmental program running since 2008. By the time you graduate today, you will get the 10 prescriptions of my guest you probably have been waiting to hear from for years if you are like me. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by the enterprise group, UMB Bank, MTN Pulse. With support from our media partners, the multimedia group and the graphic business. So here we are in our series called the Top 10. Very simple idea. We talk to somebody that we've been waiting to hear from for quite a while, find out their five lessons from life and their journey, and even more importantly, their five prescriptions for the ideal Ghana they want to live in. My guest for today is very well suited to talk about this because she's always giving news and telling us <laughs> what is happening that should not be happening. <laughs> or what is new Araba Kunsin,
2: without us I mean, what would you do?
1: Araba Kunsin, editor at Joy News, <laughs> after 10 years, finally we get to do this. Araba, welcome to From there.
2: Thank
1: you. It's a pleasure to be here. Finally, is, is it fair to say this has been ten years coming? No,
2: no, it's no, not. No. True. no, it is. I'll calculate back. My in my line of work, accuracy is always key, oh, and I don't think goodness. it's been ten years. There anymore.
1: you go again. <laughs> no, no. But no, I can no. tell you that I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. Same here. I mean,
2: no.
1: how difficult is it to be a news editor or a new, a broadcast journalist or to be to to deal with news? How difficult is it?
2: For someone who's been in this uh, business for almost 20 years, um, I I would say it's a challenge. I would not describe it as difficult because it's something that I have a passion for. I am very curious to know about what is happening all the time. And so for me, it's something that I look forward to. What's happening today? What are we doing today? what new information are we getting today? What corruption are we unearthing today? You know, because at the end of the day, your job is to hold the, you know, um, people in government or uh, people in positions of power to account, hold their feet to the fire. So, yeah, I mean, it's something I look forward to every day. Um, Of course, there are difficult days sometimes um, when you have to work throughout, you know, the day during election periods. That's one of the times. Um, But, you know, it's the hazards of the job. And if you truly have a passion for the job, you wouldn't see it as a difficulty. You see it as a challenge. It's one of those things. The hazard of the job. So it doesn't happen every day and uh, yeah i guess i'm talking like i love the job i love it so that's i guess
1: but before <laughs> that so would you uh, so i summarize passion and then you talk about curiosity what's mm-hmm. new what's happening what's fresh what, what must you uncover then you talk about currency it, it, it can't be old stuff it must be fresh stuff mm-hmm. w- w- will these three be the words you would pass on to somebody now starting the journey that you've been on for 20 years
2: Oh, certainly, certainly. I mean, passion. It's very important because I know people who have come into the profession and have not lasted because they didn't have the passion for it.
3: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
2: Um, I'm sure you must have heard that journalism doesn't pay that much compared to other, other professions. But, you know, people do it and still thrive. And you'd ask yourself, why do they do it? It's because they have the passion for it. You know, there's this innate interest that, um, you know, brings out the best in those who do it. So if you if you have a passion for it, you won't be bored. You'd wake up each day looking forward to, you know, doing the work or the mandate that's been set before you. So it's 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 passion, yes. Um
1: just about the risks. Is it is it is it are there days you sit down and say, Why am I going through all this?
2: <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. And I'm sure all other professions do. I mean, there are people who say that. But yeah, of course. I mean, there are days. There have been instances where, you know, you come under heavy fire from politicians for just merely doing your work, you know. Why? And criticism for criticizing them or exposing them, uh, you know, uh, for things that they ought to be doing and are not doing or things that they have not done and said they have done, you know. And so for shining a light on that, you become a target, and uh, you know i'm fairly criticized by a section of the public who don't know better and so yeah those are some of the difficulties i, I would say but i mean we're not deterred by that
1: is it ever fun to do what you do <laughs> I, i'm asking because you know when, I, when you see you're interviewing araba kumson i just can imagine a number of people who are interested in the profession saying uh ah, let me listen this journalism cry isn't nice i mean I feel we owe it to those who are listening, who are interested in the profession, or are starting out on the journey to mm-hmm. find out. Okay, what is in the soup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It doesn't pay mm-hmm. if you don't have passion, currency, and mm-hmm. curiosity. You can't do it, but is it ever fun? It do you is. sometimes look at me like, yeah, this it is, is the life? Is.
2: It is. If for nothing at all, you get to meet newsmakers and you know um, celebrities firsthand. I mean, I've, I've met musicians and I've met. You know, top politicians, Tony Blair, you know, uh, because of the work I do. I've, I've had access to such people, you know. Um, and so that's one of the perks of the job. So if for nothing at all, it, it brings you a step closer to people who others see only on television or
1: can only dream of seeing. Did you, did you always want to do this? I mean, uh, you and I have antecedents who <laughs> went to the same primary school. Chapel Hill When you were in Chapel Hill <laughs> when you were growing up did you, did you think you'd become a journalist? No
2: No not oh. at
1: all. How do you find yourself? Well
2: I mean um, when I was growing up I thought I would be an architect. Oh right yes, Interesting. yes I was so I was so invested in drawing I loved art and you know even my art teacher can tell you that yeah I did quite well in art you know but um, I realized along the line someone told me that you need to do maths. Up to the sixth level, uh, um, sixth form level. And to before architecture. you architecture. To do architecture. The devil is a liar. And that put me off totally. Why yes. you don't like math. Yes. And coincidentally, around that time, you know, um, I, I was watching a lot of GTV and Beatrice Edu, and I loved the way she presented the news. My father tells me that, you know, sometimes I'll stand in front of the mirror just imitating what she used to do. And so I I suppose it it was in the works, but, you know, I mean, so along the line, um, I used to write for my school newsletter in GIS, and then, you know, um, when we were on holidays, I made the bold move to walk to the Daily Dispatch, which is um, a media house just around where my school was, and I... Went to Uncle Ben. I said, I think I can. I, I like writing, and I think I can, I, can, I can write for your paper. You don't need to pay me anything, not even transport fare. I'll just write for you. Wow. And then, you know, just to gain that experience. And that's what I did. Um, and I cut my teeth in journalism from there, from the Daily Dispatch newspaper. Two,
1: two things strike me right up front, and I like to listen and learn from people in the same industry or the same bracket and see what is a common thread. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you that I can give you five notable names, mm-hmm. female, I want you mean add the males, mm-hmm. females in the media mm-hmm. who tell me the same thing about their journey. Mm-hmm. And so let me just pick randomly, Anita mm-hmm. Eskin said the same thing, mm-hmm. Portia Gabo said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gifty auntie said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it runs through, um, who else? Bella Mundi said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, um, I was going to add one more, but I realize she, uh, she's not. Uh, um, um, Adina, Adina Tenbi, the musician said the same thing. And it's all about being young and then trying to mimic what the professionals in the field that you were drifting into were doing. Mm-hmm. And doing it almost for fun, but but doing it all the same. You, you are saying you watch Beatrice Adu and then you were imitating it. Exactly. I'm sure at that time you didn't you didn't take not it. seriously. Not at all, not at all, not at all. And and that strikes me. Then I think also about the second point about you walking to Ben Epson at dispatch and saying, listen, can I do this for you for free? I mean in my life I can relate to that as the opener of the door several times. But this one about me. Again, I've interviewed people who say that was what gave me access, mm-hmm. offering to do things for free. Mm-hmm. Would you, as somebody that many young um, aspiring journalists and then even young professionals look up to see, that these two could be literally the game changers for young people who are unemployed looking for opportunity?
2: Most definitely. I mean, and I'm not seeing a lot these days. Why? You know, that voluntary spirit, that taking that initiative. Um, I, I can't quite you know, point to what the reason is. But I believe it, and it cuts across. I mean, the generation we have now, uh, of course, there are uh, lots of bright young minds out there, hardworking young people. But, you know, a lot more people who are also waiting to be fed rather than taking the spoon to feed themselves, as it were. So it's it's a bit tough. I don't know whether it's because, you know, this generation... People prefer the soft life, what has come to be known as the soft life. So they expect things to be done for them rather than taking the initiative. But yeah, that is what it is. I mean, I knew what I wanted. And I thought to myself, um, go out there and go and get it. No matter how what it takes, all you need to do is put in the effort. And I'm not seeing a lot of that of young people these days
1: interesting let's let's delve into now you find yourself you cut your teeth at daily dispatch find yourself in the industry over the 20 year period share with me a couple of the the critical lessons you've learned for the benefit of somebody who wants to hear and learn from you okay what are some of the big lessons that you've learned a couple of them
2: of course i mean first and i always tell young people this take initiative i mean When you are in an environment, don't wait until you're told what to do. I mean, watch, observe, and then take initiative, you know, because that is what will make people rely on you. That is what will make, you know, your leaders or your managers have faith in you that if left without supervision, you can do the job. And so it's important to take initiative, you know, ask, what can I do? You know, how can I do this? Can I do this better? These are all questions young people ought to be asking. and I'm not saying a lot of that. I, I'm hoping that more people would um, be asking questions, be, 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 be curious enough to want to know how to do things so that they can do it perfectly, and, you know, um, you know, just generally <laughs> become what they envision, right? Secondly, I would say that put in the effort. It's important to put in the effort. I mean, these days, people just want you know, fast food results, like very, very, very fast results. So, it's like um, they do something and they expect oh, immediate results. And results don't always come immediately. You know, it's, it's, it's through putting in the effort and the time, that is what molds you eventually to become, you know, um, as good as the people that you see, who you consider your mentors, you know, are. So it's important to put in the time and the effort. And it's important to take initiative.
1: Do you think that sometimes people look at the end product and, and they want to become the, the Arabian representative they see overnight?
2: Yeah, people don't want to go through that long haul of, you know, okay, she did this, she did that, she did that, and she did that before, she's now what she is. Why do I have to go through the whole thing if... It's like, for them, it's like reinventing the wheel. I can get there faster without necessarily putting in all that. No, the effort and the time you put in actually molds you to become what you're seeing your so-called mentor. So, to then, be.
1: so then what's the use of, of having a mentor if you have to go through the same grind and the same length of time? I oh thought that's, How I did thought
2: the that, mentor get to that oh,
1: point? But natural, natural, natural <laughs> skills, now you shorten the Although journey.
2: natural skills, no, but you see, it, it works differently for people. The mentor put in the effort. They put in the time and that is what got them there and that's what a lot of people don't want to listen to it's like okay i want to get there but how can i get there by cutting corners you can't cut corners like manifest said there's no shortcut to you know um what is the fame that he said but basically there's no shortcut to whichever
1: destination you are going to give me the give me the the long los
0: mejores viajes nacen en la carretera pero este Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva RAM 1500 Hecha para vivir. RAM es una marca registrada de FCI SLRC. My
1: own words. Give me the long cut. Give me the picture of the grind. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said let me accuse you people you tell us the story and we like what we see and we want it now but you don't tell us the tears you don't tell us the pain so give me the grind for somebody who says, so so, what is the backstory of the pain, the tears <laughs> the, the frustration give us an idea about some of the 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 tough back office things that go into what you do
2: uh, there's a lot of frustration sometimes. It's not as um, you know um, beautiful as you'd see it presented on screen all the time. A lot of work goes into it. A, a lot of young people see you know newscasters reading the news and think that's what it is. I want to be that without knowing that there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes. So it's not just about coming to sit there looking pretty and presenting the news and that's it.
1: What's well, the hard work? Well,
2: well, you need to put in the hard work, and that involves helping to write the story, first of all, helping to cut videos and sounds, going on the ground, you know, calling people who would be an addendum to the story. For example, you know, um, stakeholders, social commentators who might add to the story, all of that. Sometimes, in your bid to get the story on the field, your car can break down. Sometimes you run out of credit to call the office or information that would help in facilitating your work. All of those are, you know, some of the challenges you go through. But at the end of the day, you are looking at the end product. So you're not deterred by what's happening right now. In your mind or in the minds of the people I work with and myself, let's get the product out there first, and then we'll deal with the challenges that we were confronted with in the process of, you know,
1: putting out the product. Let me ask you, do you sometimes feel misunderstood? As? As a journalist, you put a story out there. Do you sometimes find arrows flying left, right, and then you say, hold on, I I thought this is supposed to be for your good. Hmm.
2: Do you you feel misunderstood? There are several instances where people misunderstand us. I mean, a clear case was when um, a former vice president died. He was a Muslim Okay, I suppose (laughs) I've given it away, so I might as well say. It's former uh, Vice President Alu. He died. And uh, we had credible information that he had passed. But I think that um, some of the people around him um, didn't want that information out yet for whatever reason. And when we put out the information, they came at us, they tried to destroy our credibility by saying that what we're saying is not true, and you know, they actually succeeded in getting the public, you know, to get angry at us. You know, there was a lot of vitriol against us, and um, it was very disheartening because we knew the information we had was accurate because it came directly from a medical source at the hospital. And apparently it turned out that, you know, he actually was dead, but they wanted to find ways of managing the information before
1: it came is out. Is that not a fair? Is, is, why do you draw the line? And, 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 and educate us on this. Mm-hmm. Because there are times when everybody knows, but nobody's saying it because maybe they want to inform their family first. Because... Uh, the, the power of the media is such that yes. within seconds of you announcing yes. it, the whole world will hear. Yes. So how do you balance, how do you balance the fact that you want to be the first mm-hmm. in breaking the news or you want to be the first to bring credible, let me use the word again, currency. Mm-hmm. Passion, curiosity, currency. So you want to bring current news to your publics, But at the same time, people are also trying to balance. Balance, make sure, secure security considerations, family considerations, mm-hmm. and so on. How do you find the balance?
2: To be honest, um, over time, I mean, society evolves. Over time, we, we have realized the need to not just break news fast, but break it accurately and, um, how would I say, um, appropriately. Mm-hmm. So whereas in the past, we would just be you know, in a rush to just break the news, be the first to break the news, now um, we are considerate of other factors. You know, um, has the family been informed? You know, so it's it's it's. There's been a change. There's been a change uh, in the way we break news now, and we wouldn't you wouldn't see us doing it the way we used to do it in a rush to break, especially news to do with death. In our case, one of our core. Values is accuracy. In everything we do, we need to be accurate. And so if you rush to put out information, that may turn out to be inaccurate just because you want to be the first. I mean, you end up with, you know, um, mess on your face. And so for now, I think that the strategy moving forward is to break the news but ensure that, you know, you have basis covered as in if it's a death family is aware first and comfortable about you putting out the information first so i think that we're improving over time we're improving but yeah at the end of the day it's about accuracy we're doing our job people are also curious to know so it's a tough balance but we 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 find the balance when it comes to
1: you as a manager and the key lessons that you've learned but let me let me push on on one more thing about the news Industry as a whole. So, as you try to describe the the appropriateness, the responsibility part of it, we can't we can't deny that it's a very competitive competitive um, terrain, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you manage? Competition and responsibility. The dance between competition and responsibility.
2: <laughs> well, as I indicated, I mean, you have to be responsible in the way you go about all of these things. But obviously, we are very much aware uh, that competition is at hand, is on our heels. And sometimes, in the case of breaking news, the competition goes ahead of us. Sometimes they are right, sometimes they are wrong. What we've learned over time is that If we put out the information and we add value to it, people will stay with us. So people rush, our competitors rush to put out the information. But when we do put out the information, we add value to it by, you know, giving additional information, which is helpful to the public. And that puts us ahead of the competition, even though we were not the first to break it.
1: Okay, so you're saying that sometimes by choice, you will not break it first because you want to be more responsible. Exactly. And if you feel that as a result, others have gone ahead to break and they're ahead of you. You choose to add value.
2: Exactly.
1: Was it Kwan and just to make it <laughs> bit more beautiful? Exactly. This is springboard of which I invest in my guest mm-hmm. and Araba and I have been holding this conversation virtually for a long time. So today we get to do it in person for the benefit of our listeners and viewers. And so far, Araba has been talking about what it takes to succeed in news, she says three things, passion, curiosity, and currency. Those are the three things she wanted to become a, a journalist. And then the second thing is about how she got into news. She says she grew up wanting to become an architect and 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 pursuing it until math math appeared. Was it A-level math?
2: A-level <laughs> math. Charlie,
1: they said so you, you have to do A-level math, and that was enough deterrent. <laughs> uh, and So that's how it didn't happen. But she mentions two things that I found very interesting. First is about imitating Beatrice Edu of GTV, and then the second thing is about walking up to Beneficent at the Dispatch to volunteer to write for free and that becoming the the opener of the door. The third is about taking initiative. She says don't wait until you are told what to do. Step out and try to answer something and, and then keep asking questions and ask and ask and ask and put in the result, the, the effort to get the results. Don't assume that because you're a mentor, you can suddenly, by the w- waving of your hand, get to where the mentor is overnight without a grind. Uh, but let me pull out a couple more lessons on the management side of things. That, that, as a professional, going on, what are the key leadership lessons that you've picked up on the journey that you'd like us to? I mean, to
2: the one that comes immediately to mind is. People are more important than things Mm. or, um, you know, uh, the work, let's just put it that way. People are very important. So, early on in my career, I mean, I was all about the results. I was results oriented and there's nothing wrong with being results oriented, you know, I was more about okay let's get the work done i don't care who does it i don't care how it's done let's just get the work done and get the results so that you know we maintain um our lead in the field um but over time i realized that you can't just be backing orders at people and expect them to work with passion you know you have to be compassionate and I had to learn empathy.
3: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
2: You know, if you ask my colleagues, they'll tell you I have changed over time because I never used to be very compassionate. It's not that I was hard-hearted. It's just that I was just more focused on the work not about anything else or anybody else. In my mind, I'm coming to, you know, work. Um, I'm in a competitive environment, and we need to make sure that we're in the lead, we're first. And so that was it. I didn't really care about my colleagues um, and how they felt in situations. I never asked them, oh, how are you doing? I never bothered to find out what they were doing beyond the office. And, you know, over time, this affected the work because obviously if somebody is not happy and you don't know about it it affects productivity right so i had to learn to be empathetic you know and i am glad occasion, i did
1: was it occasioned by an, a, a personal i mean thinking back at it was this occasioned by a personal experience of yours
2: uh, i would, not a personal experience per se but um there was a lady in the newsroom who was going through a lot of stuff i didn't know And I was pushing her to deliver, you know, and she was a very, you know, laid back person, um, not too aggressive. And that day she just flipped and she walked out of the newsroom and I was like, what is all of this? And my boss at the time, you know, called me into his office and said, you know, you need to be more empathetic and get to know what people are going through because there may be something she's going through which has made her act the way she did which made her flip out the way she did. And, so, and that is affecting her productivity. And so, having borne that in mind, I decided, you know what, I need to be more interested in the lives of people, especially the people I work with. I mean, I go to work in the morning and leave in the evening, so I'm there virtually the whole day with them. So I might as well get to know them beyond the office. And so that helped. It was that talk with my boss who said, you need to actually take a step back and then Look at people, not just from the outside, but go within and find out.
1: Without giving me the details, did you did did, you, did you get to have that conversation with that lady?
2: I did. I did. And, and she. Did you, you know what? It was a good thing because uh, she actually appreciated me for that. Hmm. Sometimes people are just looking for people to, you know, open up to and speak to. And I didn't know this. And I was just, you know, bearing down and hard on her, just... Expecting results, not knowing what she was going through. So, having had that talk with her, she opened up to me. She warmed up, and you know, I, 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 I didn't put as much pressure on her. And over time, you know, she started becoming more productive.
1: Beautiful. (laughs) Let me get a bit more personal. While while I stay with the story, I I love the story. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Which of your bosses had that conversation with you?
2: Oh, that, was, that would be Elvis' question. I, I, I just knew it. I
1: just knew it. Elvis
2: is somebody who exudes empathy. I mean, it, it's, it's him. It's, it's innate in him. I mean, it's, it's, he, that's how he was. And I always say that that will be one of his legacies because he was not just a boss. He was um, a brother. He was like a father, you know. And it's difficult to mix all of those things in one. You know, for for this tough environment, you know, and because we have a lot of you know this um, industry, there are lots of egos. You know, people think, oh, I'm 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 I've reached here, I'm 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 very important and all the rest. But um, it takes someone who can be humble enough to, you know, even though they're in a higher position, be humble enough to tell you that, listen, you're good, but um, others can be better than you, and you need to humble yourself.
1: I tell you what, I'm glad I asked you that question, because I have some very wonderful, wonderful memories of experiences with Elvis. And I think it's it's not out of place to use a forum or a platform like this to celebrate a human being. I mean, we, we all went through the loss of somebody, somebody like that. But yeah. you know when people pass, people say nice things. But nice. I can tell you this, that what you describe is exactly, exactly Elvis as I knew him. And exactly. I have. Had very wonderful experience, and I'm
2: glad that is his legacy, and not you know, material things or other things. But his legacy, when the first thing you ask people about, if, if if about what they remember of Elvis, is that he was a kind person, he was humane, you know, and empathetic, and those are things you can't buy with money
1: things you can't buy with money if you want a headline to this last part of this conversation <laughs> since i'm dealing with the news editor the headline things that money can't buy so this is the things that money can not buy edition of springboard your virtual university with my friend araba Kumsin of the multimedia group let's go for a break when we come back as for well, news editors they don't need help when you ask them about how ghana should be let's find out araba Kumsin's ideal ghana please don't go away ¡Ah, John! Yo... Wunte, Enterprise Insurance would Deer woman Promo Nana. Hey, Wunte. <laughs> four coupons. Warm Washing Machine. Womb, Car Washer. the. BBB. Womb, OBD. Womb. Buy or renew your existing motor insurance policy and win instant rewards such as four coupons and branded gift items in this year's Wood Deer Moto Insurance Promo. You could also win an iPhone 14, front load washing machine, high pressure car washer, vacuum cleaner, and an auto-tie inflate. During the monthly raffles and the Slick Couch Rocket motorbike at the end of the six months promotion. Make you no slack. <laughs> call your insurance broker, agent, or visit any enterprise insurance branch and get your reward now. You can also call us on 0302 634 777. This promo is in partnership with NLE on the Characters platform. Terms and conditions apply. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> When you can be anything, who will you become?
2: When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go?
1: When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start?
2: When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire?
1: When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it when you can tell a story in
2: every language which ones will you tell
1: when nothing can stop you and everyone's behind you and, and the, the whole, whole world, world awaits, awaits you. you don't go alone go with us everywhere, everywhere you go, go. Welcome back to Springboard, a virtual university brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group, UMB Bank, with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. My guest for today, Araba Kumsin, right here in the multimedia group. When you interview a news editor or an editor, you know that, Charlie, it is a newsy edition. And before the break, I told you this is, the, the What Money Can't Buy edition of Springboard in our top 10 series. So far, life lesson number one, how to succeed in news. You need passion, curiosity, and currency. Number two, if you want to enter a field and you don't have access to the field, two things you can do, mimic or imitate those who are in it. And then number two, volunteer to do something for free and you will be noticed. Number three, take initiative. Don't wait to be told what to do. Step out there, try something, ask questions, and don't try to cut corners and get there fast. Put in the time, put in the grind. Number four is about responsible journalism. Yes, you may want to break news, but be, do it appropriately, not just fast, but appropriately, with time. Learn to rather add value than jump in without verifiable information. And the fifth one is about compassion. Yeah, it's about the, it's about the people. And, and, and the results are important, but you work with people. And when you stop and listen to people, they will give you even more value. Those are the thoughts so far of Araba comes helping us to understand the journey of her life and the lessons. But now, let's go to that part that you're waiting for. This Ghana that we are in it, that you report on every day. What should we do differently? If we fled it in the policy makers that you criticize, Mm-hmm. that you hold their feet to the fire every day, if they give that mandate to you, mm-hmm. what are some of the things you think about? You know what, this one to be here, uh, you should be able to do it, number one.
2: Well, hmm. you know, it, it's easier said than done. It's easy to criticize, even though, you know, um, the leaders have told us that we should not be spectators, we should be... Um, citizens. Citizens, we should be citizens and not spectators. Um, it's easier to sit back and criticize, but w- what do you do if you don't have any um, option than speak up so that you know rights are wrong, uh, wrongs are righted, and you know the right thing is done. Virtually, so people need to understand that they have a stake in this project that we call Ghana. Everybody has a stake in this project called Ghana. So, it starts with you and what you can do. So, you sit there and say, well, what can I do? I mean, I'm not in government. I'm not not a politician. What change can I make? It starts with you. It starts with you going to work on time and not going to work at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. because you know that, okay, government will pay me anyway. It starts with you not bribing the police but adhering to traffic regulations when you have to. It starts with you doing the right thing. So basically, I would start off by saying that let's do the right thing, even if people are not watching us. If everybody decides to do the right thing, if people are not watching, I think this society will be the better for it, first of all. That would be a first
1: prescription that... Even though you may not have power, mm-hmm. it starts with you. Do it the starts. right thing. Exactly. And then you can turn around and hold others accountable in this project that we call Ghana. Exactly. Don't leave that, this, this one for just a minute. Do you get a sense that that um, is being bandied around, that people have checked out of the system, either physically or virtually?
2: Well, I mean, I I, I keep hearing that, people say that they've checked out of the system or if, even if they don't have the means to you know sort of physically move themselves from the system
1: You checked out virtually,
2: Exactly virtually. <laughs> but basically I mean it it's it's
3: it's it's sad Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder la emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva RAM 1500 hecha para vivir
2: It's sad because the expectation is that as we we move on, as we move forward, things will be better because especially leaders, political leaders who promise what should be the standard or what should be right, what should be done when they see the wrong things being done, when they're in opposition. The expectation is high. And so... When those expectations are not met, it takes us back, you know, when they end up doing virtually the same things that they were criticizing their opponents for. Because we've given you the mandate to lead us. We have the power to change a lot of things. And if you don't do that, it, it sets us back. It so sets the whole society back.
1: So that would be your first prescription. It starts with you. What mm-hmm. would be number two?
2: Number two would be... <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. I guess it's tied to number one, though. But, I mean, doing the best where you are. Doing the best where you are. So you think that you may be in a, in a in no-cost, small corner, where your contribution is not being felt. But that may not necessarily be true, you know. I mean, wherever you are, just put in 100% or even 110%. And that contributes to improving the society that we are in, you know. So if you go to work and you decide that, okay, I'm only working half day or I'm cutting corners and, you know, to the disadvantage of the organization I'm in, it it doesn't help us as a society, you know. Imagine everybody doing that. Again, it sets us back. It doesn't take us forward. So it's important to do that. I would also say that, you know, I've often heard that Ghanaians, we are hypocrites. <laughs> and to a large extent, I, I, th- I think we are right because sometimes we see that the wrong thing is being done, sometimes, and we don't speak up for whatever reason, whether it is that we don't want to incur the wrath of people who we like or uh, we have respect for, but wrong is wrong and right is right.
1: As a news person, you sit at a coffee table with your friends, and they talk about something with a lot of disappointment, anger, and whatever. And then outside that safe space, they keep quiet about it. But you, by virtue of your job, hammer on it in the news, and you're seeing that, why are they not talking about it? Why do you think they're not talking about it?
2: Well, I mean, like I said, um, because they don't want to incur the wrath, perhaps they are also fearful of, you know, um, the opinions of people maybe they respect or... I I don't know. They just want to, for example, maybe please people or not, not to be seen to be critical of people. Like I said, some Ghanaians are hypocrites, so they'll say one thing in privacy and then, you know, in public... You know, they are all smiles. Some
1: people say our system victimizes people.
2: I was coming to that, yes. So Sometimes they are afraid of being victimized. You know, I mean, there are people who are vindictive in this society. And so, rather than come out and say what the truth is, at the risk of being victimized, you know, um, they'd rather keep quiet.
1: You're saying that even in the face of that, they should still be bold to speak the truth. I
2: think so. I think so. It's important because that is what changes the society if one person speaks out boldly and that encourages more people to speak out boldly at, at a point in time the society will become more will become bolder and you know political leaders or leaders anywhere will not take people for granted because they know that people are bold they will speak their minds and the right thing will have to be done
1: Let me say that by virtue of your job, it is a critical success factor to hammer on what is wrong, to take a touch light and go to that village and point to that road that has not been done, that has been captured and paid for in the budget. Mm -hmm. Flip the coin that medical practitioner who works in a public facility. Who wants to criticize the fact that Charlie, the goals we need for the operation, the this that we need for this, the oxygen is not there. So people are dying. Report the actual numbers. And then tomorrow, your supervisor calls you and says, by virtue of some HR realignments you are being transferred from this hospital in Accra to, to a sister hospital <laughs> in a very distant part of this country. You are I, saying they should be involved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I know, I know it doesn't sound realistic given how our society is structured, but it's important. I mean sometimes you have to make sacrifices. What did our forefathers do? They died for us so that we could get independence, eventually. So some sacrifices must be made. Of course, I mean it's not realistic to say everybody everywhere should be bold and speak out. But as many that can um, should, I believe, because that's only how you change a society. If more people speak up, and not just on social media, but you know, once there's 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 um. There's a groundswell of action against a certain policy by a certain government or the like. If everybody comes together and we all know that what is happening is wrong and we we, we 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 come together and we agitate against it and it stood down, the society will be better for it. Should
1: we be more angry as a people?
2: We are not angry enough. I'm mm. sure you've heard that phrase a lot. We're like not angry enough. Mm. We should be. We should be more angry as a people. I think that Anger brings out, um, there's, of course, there's positive anger and there's negative anger. It's the anger that would bring out the action that will eventually, you know, help the society or heal the society, if you like. So we need to be more angry.
1: Number one, it starts with you. You have taken the project called Ghana. Number two, do the best wherever you find yourself and you... You may be small in a small corner, but give you 110% to improve the situation. By the way, let me give you the, 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 the mark that the late Komla Dumont gave in my last interview with him. He says, give you 150%. So wow. you're 110 as well.
2: It's small, crowd. <laughs> hey.
1: exactly.
2: Number three. Great minds
1: think alike. You know what? In peace that is it, that is it, that is it. Another person that we celebrate very strongly here at mm. Springboard. Then number three says, speak up when wrong things are done. And you are saying that, of course, while your job prescribes that you do so, you are saying that people should be bold um, to speak up about what is wrong mm-hmm. and say it in public, not just in private. Mm-hmm. And you are saying that a bit more of anger, positive anger, mm-hmm. can, can be a, a tool mm-hmm. in getting the right thing done. What other thing would you like to see in your ideal, Ghana?
2: I would like to see more of a voluntary
1: spirit from the youth. Okay. Why?
2: They are the future of the country. They are the future. And when they demonstrate that desire to learn, to be better than their elders... Would all be the better for it going forward, but it's sad that you know, um, even though you have some bright minds out there, some young people making strides, we're not seeing enough young people making those strides, having a you know, the spirit of volunteerism is that it?
1: Is that a word? Volunteerism, yeah,
2: volunteerism, the spirit of volunteerism. And it's very important, you know, because at the end of the day, it doesn't make you feel detached. It makes you feel like you are a part of, like I say, the project Ghana.
1: I was talking to Manasseh, okay. um, somebody who has serious multimedia antecedents, about his own journey as a journalist. Mm. And interestingly, he was telling me about writings that he did, not even for any media house to pay him, but that he used to do and paste on the wall in some place for people to go and read. Oh,
2: wow. That
1: ended up winning winning him an award. Wow. And, and he was talking about volunteerism and the things he had done for free, opening more doors for him than mm-hmm. things he had done for mm-hmm. pay. And I, and what we do here at Springboard is to collate these, these thoughts from various people and look for the commonalities mm-hmm. and then say authoritatively that, listen, if you want to know and learn from people who have have walked this path, mm-hmm. we can see by collating the thoughts of one, two, three, four, five that this factor is worth considering. And that's why we, we, we collate these lessons and take them so seriously and publish them and debate them on social media. Mm-hmm. So so that's how we, we we learn, and that's what we call the virtual university. But let me come to you. Let me pick my fifth lesson from something that really upset you as a journalist. Did you ever do a story and finish and for days ask yourself, this thing? If I had the power, i change it. I still can't understand why we do things the way we do them. Let me put you on the spot. Is there a story you've done that even after you finished, you just kept sitting down, shaking your head, and seeing something must be done differently? That would be the faith prescription for the ideal guy
2: Oh, wait, so I mean, I'm trying to understand the, the
1: question. So let's see, the story by, of, by virtue of... did not have that? any impact, or you did the story...
2: No, no, no on the other hand,
1: the, 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 the news item that you reported mm. on, what was wrong or what was, what was doable that wasn't done, upset you so much that you said, listen, we shouldn't live like this. Maybe, maybe people who didn't have water to drink, anything that you saw that... <laughs> In the course of what you do, that's, mm. that's what you see sometimes upset you so much and say, this is unacceptable.
2: Well, um, my answer to this would be, you know, I do what we call the editorials.
1: Mm.
3: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Uh,
2: Which is shining a light on the wrongs in society. Especially by political leaders. And when I say political leaders, I don't don't mean just the president or the vice president or even ministers. I'm talking about municipal directors. I'm talking about, you know, local level, you know, governors, you know, who have the power to make decisions and all of that. And oftentimes, they don't exercise that power properly. So for instance, um, there was a story we did about a hospital... uh, a medical facility that was built in one of the rural areas, um, but it hadn't been complete. well it ha- was completed but it wasn't fitted with all the equipment, and that was all that was needed mm. for the hospital to start running and yet people were traveling long miles you know, um, had to cross rivers in order to go and access um, medical care at the nearest, the next town you know, there was a hospital in, in, in their vicinity, just not open for political reasons. And so once there was a woman, pregnant woman who was being carried across, you know, a river. She almost fell in the river. And we it it, it, it really angered me and it, it spared me. It sparked that idea of just speaking truth to power directly at, you know, the leaders in our society about what they should be doing, which is right. If right is right, just do what is right. Just forget about your political affiliations. And so for me, I mean, when we did that story, the expectation was that they would, you know, open up the new medical facility there so that people wouldn't have to travel long miles to to access uh, healthcare. And it wasn't opened. It, It was very frustrating because what more can you do beyond, you know... Throwing the light. Throwing the light, yes. What more can you do? And people are still suffering, having to cross roads, having to... Can you imagine a pregnant woman almost at the cusp of labor, I mean, you know, or giving birth, and she has to go through, I mean, hours of, you know, walking or whatever it is, being transported to the next uh, uh, health care. She might even die in the process. So for me, that, that story really angered me because... It didn't anger. The story didn't anger me. But the fact that there was no action angered me. Because I thought maybe probably the uh, local governors or um, the leaders there did not know about the situation. So we're throwing a light on the situation so that you do something about it. You resolve it so that people don't die or have to walk long distances. And nothing was done.
1: One word. One, your one-word description of a human being who knows that opening this hospital will give access. To people to have a better life And who does not want to open it For reasons of political Convenience or whatever Description that you give it What is your one word description for somebody who does (laughs) it
2: (laughs) I don't think you want to hear that I want (laughs) to hear it It's not TV friendly But um, if I were to make it TV friendly I would just say it's wickedness. It's sheer wickedness.
1: because If, if I had put on my prophetic gown, I would have mentioned the word for you. I, it was the same word that came to my mind. But it is wickedness to do that.
2: Yes, it is wickedness. Because, I mean, can you imagine if your mother was the one who needed health care? But because they feel that the people are detached from them or, I mean, they are political. I don't know. It's just, it, it's sheer wickedness. It,
1: it, it almost seems to be, to be logical, natural, that... This should not even be a subject of discussion on, on radio or television. It almost seems like it should happen. Why don't we do, just to learn from you, from where you sit, you, you, you throw the light in various directions. And just to close, Araba, why don't we do what we know we should do, what is obviously the best practice, and what will benefit all of us? Why don't we do what we must do that we know we should do? Why?
2: I think... Uh, simply put, we are not humane enough. We're not humane enough. If we were humane enough, I mean, we'd prioritize certain things. We'd prioritize people's lives. We'd prioritize people's lives ahead of, you know, our political considerations. Right? If you are humane enough, there's certain things that your conscience will kick against that you wouldn't do or that you would do immediately. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And just to put on record, I'm not a perfect person, but I, I just feel like if you have the opportunity to do right, just do it.
1: Just do it if you have the opportunity to do right. Those were the thoughts of Araba Kusin Araba is a news person. And an editor here at the multimedia group and she's been breaking down her learnings from life and her preferences for for the Ghana she would like to sleep, live and eat in. If you have differences of opinion Please share your own ideal Ghana and how you would like it to look. Let's continue this debate on social media. What would you like to see? Don't worry about what everybody is seeing. Tell me what you would like to see. (laughs) If you don't agree with her, let's hear yours and let's have a beautiful, intelligent, engaging conversation about the Ghana we want to live in. And for those who like writing notes, let's continue this debate about number one, to succeed at news, you need passion, curiosity and currency. And I'll I'll ask you afterwards, which one is your favorite? Number two, she talked about getting into journalism and the fact that she grew up wanting to become an architect until until maths blocked her. And then she entered journalism two ways. One, by imitating Beatrice Adu and two, by volunteering to to work for free for Ben Epson. The third lesson is about taking initiative. She says, step out and do something and be willing to put in the grind and time to get to the top. Number four is about responsible journalism. Yes, it's nice to break news, but be responsible, do it appropriately, and add other considerations. If you miss out to be the first, at least you can make up for it by adding value to your story. The fifth is about compassion. She tells a beautiful story about pushing and pushing and pushing a colleague for results until. Our brother, the late Elvis Kwashi, tapped her on the shoulder and said, Show an interest in the person. And that was a game changer in her leadership journey. On her ideal Ghana, it's simple. Number one, it starts with you, you and your contribution to Project Ghana. Number two, Do the best wherever you find yourself, and her prescription is 110%. Number three is, speak up when the wrong things are done. Don't only say it in private, step out and say what you believe, even if it may lead to you being victimized. When we are bold and she says a bit more angry, people will do the right thing in this country. Number four is, a volunteering spirit among young people. She thinks careers lives will develop much more. If young people are willing to volunteer and the final one best out of her own anger is a question about people entrusted with power doing exercising that power well and a question mark about a hospital that has still not been commissioned for use or fitted for use for political considerations while people cr- los mejores viajes
0: nacen en la carretera.
1: in the water, when it could have been done to make their lives better. She says, "We must be a bit more humane, and if it lies within your power to do the good thing, please just do it." Araba <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> this is the end of the news presented <laughs> on behalf of Araba Kumsin. your closing thoughts for anyone listening to you who's seen seenC the Ghana had. and I want to make it, but it's not easy look in camera and tell that person something that they can take as as a holding message when when they put in the grind and things get tough your message to that young person looking up to you
2: Mm -hmm. ghana is what you call home i mean you've heard of the phrase there's no place like home you can travel the ends of the earth and still come back the feeling that you're home will only be felt if you are on this soil in this place called Ghana so make it part of your responsibility to make it a better place for you know your children unborn to live that's the least you can do that's all God asks of you leave the place better than you found it
1: how big is faith for you?
2: oh it's very big I start my day and end my day with gratitude to God. It's very important, and uh, for me, it's uh, I see the hand of God in my life, and so I don't take it for granted at all.
1: On this very grateful note, I want to <laughs> thank you, Arobinse, <Ira>, for, <laughs> for spending your hour with us.
2: <laughs> it's been and wonderful, I, and
1: I've enjoyed it so much too. Me let's too. let's let's do this again. It ten, it's been <laughs> a long time coming. You know that song. It's <laughs> been a long time coming. It's been a long time. But time I'm coming. glad you did. Yes. You did make it. Thank so you. this has been Springboard, your virtual university with Araba Kumsin of the Multimedia Group and sharing her five life lessons and her five prescriptions for the ideal Ghana. On Tuesday, the graphic business, this story will be on the full page on page 18. Let's read it, let's share it. It will be on my joy online. Let's share it and let's have this conversation as we go along. What can we do to make this country God give us a better place? Till so we come your way again next week, I want to say a big thank you to the Springboard team working so hard behind the scenes and say a big thank you to our sponsors, MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank and our media partners, the Multimedia Group and The Graph.
0: Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente.